You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Well, what's the pro- what is the in your mind? What's the problem with this team? And does it extend back to the beginning of the year with all the Jimmy Butler stuff that no, kind of puts you no, behind the eight ball no, and all? It does not. Wiggins doesn't play aggressive all the time. That's one. Uh, yeah. They have zero identity. Like I was saying, when we grew up playing basketball, when you get the guys together, you just play basketball. Like, will you figure it out? They have no identity. They have no clue. I hate watching them play because they have no identity. They don't have passion. Uh, it's hard to have passion when you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. You agree? Because, like you said, <laughs> but no, but might shoot three. What do you Cat might get 20 shooting threes one what, night what, and then posting up the next. Like, what did you always say, though? How many games you gonna win if you just play hard? Oh, 45. They don't play hard. They got enough talent to win 50 games, but they just wasting our time and energy. And Kevin Garnett's rolling over in his grave watching what? his team play. What did he? He buried Barkley. Buried Garnett. He's did not he just dead. Kill off Garnett already? Yes. Can someone check on KG? Killed on his cowork- He killed his coworker. He must not know what the phrase oh. means. He, he must just think it means you're upset about something Man. that you would roll over in your grave, that you wouldn't necessarily have to be dead, but that is really the prerequisite is you have yeah. to be dead first, which fortunately KG is not. Barkley is amazing, yeah. and that I, I could listen to those guys talk about the Timberwolves for hours and hours. They were so great during the Rockets series last year, too. They were, just, they were going to town on Carl Anthony Towns and even in some ways Jimmy Butler, too, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, so that's them ripping the wolves, I think at halftime because Correct. the wolves came back and they won the game. I didn't stay up for the end of it. Nope, but, that was last night at halftime, Correct. but the wolves came back and I know it's a LeBron less team. The wolves were also down to their 13 guy off the bench. Basically our point guards were essentially all gone. Jared Bayless is playing and, big minutes. And he's not bad by the way. No, not bad player. No. Well, it's funny. Funny what happens when you actually play some of your bench players now, give them, empower them to play a 15 minutes and give them. No, no, give them a little no. freedom. What are you talking about? No. Man. But I think Charles Barkley is wrong. I think he's right about one guy, the obvious guy, Andrew Wiggins. I think if you if you look at this team post Jimmy Butler, they are the opposite most nights of what Charles Barkley describes. We're just still stuck in this how they looked with Jimmy Butler mode where it's Butler as the energizer bunny and then a bunch of guys kind of standing around because they don't know what to do with this alpha crazed maniac running around the court and yelling at them in practice, right? But I did some digging here on Carl Anthony Towns, and he had another huge game last night. It was like 27 points and a bunch of rebounds, and uh, I think it was five assists again last night. Carl Anthony Towns in the post-Jimmy Butler era is averaging 23 points, 13 rebounds, three assists, two blocks, and a steal. Those are very Kevin Garnett-like numbers, like Kevin Garnett in his prime-like numbers that he's putting up. And he's also shooting 51%, almost 40% from threes for a seven-footer. And the Wolves, during that stretch after last night's win, post-Jimmy Butler era, are 20-15 and 15 
without Robert Covington for a majority, well, not majority, but for like half that, Robert Covington's been out for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, he has been out so for a long time. I actually kind of look at this. Now, now I know that we get caught up in like, oh, they got smoked over here, and they like Wiggins takes nights off, and Hoagie was 0 for 8 from three-point range or something last night. But I look at them post-Jimmy Butler, and the numbers back it up with the 20 and 15 record and think, they've kind of figured some things out here. They're not the Warriors, but they've kind of figured some things out, Judd. I think what happened, too, is that the... TNT guys, you're right. They go back to the Butler time that, that he was here, and probably just as importantly, the Tibbs time as well. And that team was inconsistent, yo-yo, up and down, good two nights, bad three nights. Uh, but they basically admitted in, in, in the course of their conversation as well last night, too, that that Ryan is trying to do some different things here as well, and they're, and they're new. And so this is going to take a little bit of time. Now, the interesting factor with teams... And what they're talking about is it ordinarily takes a roster shakeup to change that culture. Unless, and this is where in this town we might be very, very fortunate right now with this basketball team, in my opinion. Unless you have a transcendent superstar player, which I think that they do. And of all the players, of all the players in this town who we have been hoping for or who we have seen come through, I really think what we need to stop and appreciate is is there are some disappointments. There are some good players. I think Cat is by far and away, though, the only guy that you look at and say, and he's not there yet, but he's getting there. And you say, perennial all-star, MVP, game changer completely. And and Cat keeps getting closer. And that's not going to ha- happen in like two weeks or in one game. It's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. But when you see what this guy can do, and this is this goes back to what frustrated me so much about Tibbs and Butler, is that you can't be like, well, Carl just has to toughen up and he'll be fine. No, no, no. What you have to do is your job as this team is to say, okay, we're looking at this player and he is a generationally uh, superstar talent. How do we get that? And I think they're finally on the right track. Yeah, I agree. And, and so because of that, uh, I think what you have now is you have an organization because of that player who is in a position to turn a corner where we're talking about a guy who's going to be an MVP candidate, not just for a year, but potentially for, let's say, four or five for years. Sure. Right? I, yes, and I don't ever really look at him and think to what Barkley was saying. Man, he's not trying, or he's 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 not passionate. I think defensively in the playoffs, they they came to that conclusion, and it still holds on. Yep. And what you see, the guy that we saw against the Lakers last night, and the guy that we saw against Anthony Davis, the twenty rebound monster that went out and made Anthony Davis look bad a couple weeks ago, that's not the same guy that was going, you know, what three points in a game three or whatever it was against the Rockets. It's a totally different guy to me. And and to the larger point of. Oh, it's just a team that their problem is they don't try hard enough. Andrew Wiggins' problem is he doesn't try hard enough. So that's a fact. But when I look at the other guys on the roster, the current guys, and and Robert Covington is, you know, exhibit A. He wasn't playing last night, but I don't think... Derrick Rose tries. He's hurt a lot, but he tries. Towns, I don't... like. Let's just go name by name here. Do they play hard or not 90% of the time? Towns, yes. Jeff Teague looks Jeff Teague looks like he floats a little bit, but Jeff Teague absolutely plays hard and you know and puts up points. Taj Gibson. Absolutely. That dude ain't loafing. Um Josh Akogi. Nope. No. 
He's flawed at times, for sure, but he's he's yeah. not loafing. He can't really shoot. It's kind of a problem. He's shooting like... He's young. Yeah. I'll give him time. Uh, Tyus Jones wasn't playing last night, but... Does not loaf. Doesn't loaf. Um, okay, maybe Gorgie Jang a little bit, but he also is just like a kind of a gangly seven-footer, and sometimes those guys look like they're not trying. And I don't... just gangly seven-footers. And footers. I don't, don't foresee him necessarily as a long-term guy. Yeah. So it's not like you're going to be stuck with six years of Gorgie loafing. Yeah. Dario Saric? I don't know. He's... Kind of a laid-back European dude, but I don't look at him and say, like, he's just not trying. And he the doesn't only set a tone. It, they're, they're taking what they saw last playoffs, yeah. and they're taking what they see in Andrew Wiggins, and they're just multiplying it out by the whole team. And I, I just disagree. I love their analysis. I think it's hilarious, but I disagree. I think Ryan Saunders has unlocked some really interesting things here. and They're shooting more three-pointers. It's been fun to watch. Andrew Wiggins post-game last night after playing some point guard, okay? Which was actually not a disaster. He, he is doesn't have the best handles, but he doesn't. But he has God given talent. Okay, but I'm going to to read you a quote from Chris Hines' story, Star Tribune, and this is again what drives you nuts. Quote Andrew Wiggins after playing some point guard last night. It feels good, and I feel very comfortable because I feel like it helps me stay locked into the game. It helps to do other things than just score, create for others. If you could ever, don't you want to go just shake this kid by the shoulders and say, dude, you don't need, it. it's like he's a 13-year-old kid. Hey, look at that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And then it's look at that. Hey, if you need to move him around to get him motivated no, every but night, I mean, but maybe that's the strategy. That might be the key. And for <laughs> Ryan, for Ryan Saunders to have gotten anything, which he has, not every night, but on a few occasions from this guy, good for him. So he has now played Andrew Wiggins first his first game with Ryan Saunders was the was the 40 burger, right? Yep, yes, okay, see. Yep, they went on the road against Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. So he rarely grabs more than 3 or 4 rebounds. In fact, I think well I think his average is like 4 rebounds a game for okay. his career and for this year. Sure. Under Ryan Saunders in 8 games, 7 rebounds per game. All right. You know, this, what, I call it progress. Is Ryan Saunders the Andrew Wiggins whisperer? Now, there's been some real clunker games in there, too. Like, there was a game, was it, uh, it was two or three games ago. Yeah, this is it. The 3 of 14 game, home against the Suns, where he scores 10 points on 14 shots. Okay, on Sunday so there's night. definitely those two. Yeah. But is he is he trying harder for Ryan Saunders? It's a small sample here. It's eight games, but he's basically doubled his rebounding average. What's his it's deal? Interesting. What's his deal, too? Is it try? Is it always trying? Is it how comfortable he is in that game or with that coach? I can never. He is. He is such an enigma. I can't figure out. But I. I do know the one thing that's very simple with him. The one thing is, you're right. If if you switch him to point guard, he's not comfortable. But because of that, he actually works. Yeah. So so I don't know. I don't know, and I don't think the wolves know. How do you just get good consistently? It's not even great. How do you just get good from from Wiggins on a consistent basis? Yeah, I mean, and in, in some ways, it's like you either have it in, intrinsically or you don't. And but but, I, but if there is, I don't think he's ever going to be the player that everyone hopes he can be. But if a coach, the, the the I think the premise has been since Tom Thibodeau obviously wasn't the answer with him was okay. If you got rid of Tom Thibodeau and you found a coach who could speak Andrew Wiggins' language a little bit, just like enough to where he goes and grabs a rebound once in a while. Motivation right? game, yes. Um, and I, you just look at look at him 
at near the end of the Tom Thibodeau run here. So I'm just gonna just gonna give you rebound totals. The last five games under Tom Thibodeau, two, 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 one. There's a he got five rebounds against the Lakers. Uh, the, the game st- he got fired after. Yeah. <laughs> And maybe Andrew knew something. Maybe. He celebrated with five boards because he knew Tibbs was going to get blown out. October, zero. There's a six. There's a one. There's a two. There's a one. And rebounding, to me, it is it's it is a skill in some ways, but it's also just how active are you? Are you just right. out there? Are you an Energizer bunny? Boom. Tibbs fired. Ryan Saunders comes in. Rebounding totals only. Ten. Yep. Six. Yep. Seven. Four. Is his low mark? Okay, five, seven, nine, eight. Interesting. More engaged. Yeah, right. That's basically it. More engaged. Yep. But I do to go back to Cat. I do think that we need to start talking about more and appreciating the superstar talent that this guy is. Couldn't agree more. We don't have a lot of you know our history, especially recently in this town. Is we've gotten. Very excited about a lot of players, right? And that's Buxton, Sano, guys like that. And some of them might be decent and good, but I think we need, in the case of Cat, to stop and realize we are watching a superstar, top-level talent. He is, and it's it's been frustrating for me to watch so many people lump him and Wiggins in the same bin together. They're yeah, not. No. They're not. When one dude... Needs 14 shots to get 10 points or 15 points, and the other guy can sit out there and just efficiently take you apart. Well, and the talent's not even close. So, so, like, if Andrew tried as hard as he could possibly try, mm-hmm. he'd be a good player, but he would not be. Cat's talent and the amount of things that Cat can do is off the charts. Yeah, it's been it's been fun to watch him flourish. That was I don't know. I just I always felt like his personality and and Wiggins' personality. You just can't. I, you can't just have a brooding, hulking, mad coach. That's no. that's not what's going to unlock those guys. So maybe there's a better version of Ryan Saunders out there that's more experienced than they want. Maybe it's a Dave Yeager or something. They go, they wind up getting someone who comes in. But I think just to see those guys thriving a little bit in a different environment, it's refreshing. And to see Carl Anthony Towns fired up and going on the road. And I, I know that LeBron James wasn't playing, and that's not the best Lakers team, but I don't know if this Wolves team, even under, like, the this Wolves team before Ryan Saunders probably still gets beat in that game, I feel like, you know? And uh, so it's just kind of a breath of fresh air. For, for the most part, I think what I enjoy about this team is they're eminently likable. Mm-hmm. The Wilds not. That, I mean, part of my problem with that team is they are, as a group, they are not really a likable bunch. The Wolves, if you look at their coach and their star players, for the most part, not all of them, for the most part, they're likable. Yeah. It's Mackie and Judd without Rami today. Rami's going to be back on Monday. It's uh, It's been awesome having him on the show the last couple weeks. He's finalizing his move from Milwaukee here, which has been an entire three-week saga of him getting put <laughs> hey, on. He's got a place now. Well, he was put on a terrorist watch list. It's uh, because so. he just shared the name with a billionaire that was funneling <laughs> funds or something like that. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Uh, it's the all-new Score North on 1500 and scorenorth.com. That's S-K-O-R North.com. And you can follow all of our social media accounts just at Score North or slash Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. In fact, later on today when we do our Write That Down segment at 5 o'clock, we're going to be live on pretty much all those platforms except Instagram 
and Twitch for the first time today. Really? My, my Twitch, Twitch debut? Your 12-year-old Judd Zolgad video gamer friends are going to be watching you make predictions today. Oh, they today. can't wait. And neither can I. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so hang out with us. We haven't talked to our friends John Cosgrove and Stephen Quinn, the Crafty Rogues, in, what, months? Yeah, since Three the months. old show. We're going to get two of our uh, two of our most fun and beloved guys in here when we come back here. A couple, couple weird accents and some laughs. Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's the all-new Score North on 1500. Minnesota sports fans, Phil Mackie here, introducing you to the all-new Score North on 1500, where you'll find Purple Daily at noon, Matthew Collar 2-4, to four, and Mackie and Judd with Rami from 4-6. to six. Over at scorenorth.com, that's S-K-O-R, in addition to great written content, you'll find some of the most entertaining local Minnesota sports podcasts. Purple Podcast, Raised by Wolves, Myra Calf on Hoops, Touch them all, Royce Unchained, and plenty more. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, all at Score North. Minnesota Sports, anytime, anywhere. Hey, thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. I see you let your friends in here. Yeah, I figured might as well. They ripped you already. Yeah, that's not surprising. They uh, do that on the podcast, too. It's Cosgrove. <laughs> it's Cosgrove. Yeah, it. It's Quino. It's the Crafty Rogues. Welcome to the Score North Studios. For we're the first we're time. delighted to be here. Uh, we haven't been here since you changed your name to Score North. <laughs> Having heard Jonathan do that read, how do I join up Team Mackey? How do I get a T-shirt for Team Mackie? So we can definitely hook you up with a T-shirt. <laughs> okay. You can go to MackieLLS.com if you want to join and climb 53 stories to help knock out blood cancer. Y'all so night. I made the mistake last year of just like, oh, I mean, how hard can it really be, right? Mm, I've Would it be easier to have out seven times in the stairwell? Was it was it easier to have blood cancer than to climb those Probably, stairs? Probably, yes. That's why God invented <laughs> elevators. God bless John Cosgrove. Only you would say that. Uh, if the joke is there, you have to make it. Well, you, well, here's the thing about the Crafty Rogues because we've been we're coming up now in 128 episodes with you guys. No matter what you're called, we'll stick with you, and we're grateful for I think it. You started when it was AM 1500, the talk station, right? We started when ago? when radio was in black and white. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and Ricey was a teenager. So uh, we're delighted with the, the new branding. Uh, Jonathan, of course, who is now famous, we'd like to take credit for discovering his talents early on when he had a squeaky voice. And now that it's matured into an even squeakier voice. It's still it's, pretty squeaky. There we go. I'm sure it was squeaky when Man United was beating <laughs> Arsenal as well. Very I'll bring so. it up before you. We're still at Brit's pub having the crack. Uh, crack, of course, being the Gaelic word for fun. And, uh, well, that's good. You clarified that I'm for the American listeners. I'm glad. Uh, we're still covering football. We've expanded a little bit because now, you know, people are, we're starting, there's a new cricket team starting in the Twin Cities called the Minnesota Royals. Really? Yes. And unlike the Royals, they'll be functional and they won't be interbreeding and it'll be wonderful. And of course, Quino is a, a cricket fanatic. It's minus 106 here in Minnesota. Uh, and that's why Kuno's going to Australia in two weeks. And when he goes away, we have very special guests. We had Callum Williams, is that his name? <laughs> yeah, the play-by-play so guy at United, yeah. So special. Yeah, he's yeah. a special, special, long-time <laughs> friend of John Castro. So Callum Johnson will join us. <laughs> so if there's any famous people out there in two weeks when Kuno's in Australia, we'd love to have you on. And please spell your name phonetically for me so I can pronounce wow. it on air. That when does cricket start? It uh, never stops, really. The season here starts in about May, I think. 
We had, we had cricket Radio practice last film. night. Well, hold on, time out. Where, where are these cricket games going to be? Where are the home games going to be played? Uh, we, I, mean, I have so many questions about this. The Minnesota Royals will be playing in Belle Plaine. There is a purpose-built cricket facility in Belle Plaine. An outdoor pitch, all good. Really? Oh, yeah. How far is Belle Plaine from here? About 15 years, I think. <laughs> There is a wonderful little <laughs> restaurant, Emma Crumbie's, I think, right yes, in the it is. Bell Plain. Yes, oh, yes. right down in my area. Yeah. All the way to Mankato. I yeah. know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. So, have, you, have you been there, Quino? Where? Bell Plain. No. Ah. No. Are you going to make it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, good. Yeah. We cricket, cricket is a wonderful game. If you're completely bored and given up on life. But don't the games take like two weeks to complete? Yes, just what? like baseball. So how are they going to pull that off in Belle Plain? There are various forms of cricket, Philip. We'll be playing the shorter form. That you can That's get right. There's, a, con- there's a condensed game. Yes, there are several. Given that Quinn was five foot three, the shorter game suits him. It's very good. Are you playing? <laughs> yeah. On this team? Do you have to say it like that? Well, you don't, you don't look like an athlete to me. No offense. Oh! Oh, unlike I was unlike say, you two uh, no, wannabes who haven't ever walked onto a field, between Quinno and I, we have at least one cap for Australia. That was an awfully large glass house judged oh, through a stone in there. But no, I was I was going to suggest to Phil that, that if there, this was going to be professional, that indeed we become the radio home, score north, of the cricket team, because that could get me weeks off. We oh, have a new Judd Athlete work. Challenge. Wow. Judd has to play cricket. Yes. Okay. Making a note of that. They're yes. big. They're big. I just said he didn't look like an athlete. He might be a very good athlete. Okay. The the helmet you wear in cricket resembles riot police in Belfast, <laughs> circa nineteen eighty seven. So well, you won't get any brain damage. Put it that way. That might be too late. <laughs> now to continue the sporting theme and the cricket theme, they're having a unique fundraiser on February sixteenth, where they're having a horse race night. We've cleared all the legal hurdles, so to speak, to host this. They have some Irish guy hosting it for him, where he used funny money <laughs> to bet on horses. So it feels like you're gambling, but really, what you're doing is you're raising money for a cricket team. It's like e-cigarettes, really. Really, like gambling. Version. Yes. Okay. It's va- it's the vaping of sport. <laughs> Why, why am I here? I've been abused by a host. John's taken over to plug an event I can't be at. Because you're in Australia. Because I'm in Australia. This is what happens when Cosgrove's off the air for months. Yes. It's we, all, you just, guys, the, just the Cosgrove diary of the mouth just comes on the air. You didn't call. You didn't email. You didn't text. I haven't been to I'm just like, either. I'm, gonna go down, I'm just going to go into the studio. That's what I'm going to do. I, on a random Friday, I'm so used to Tuesdays at noon. That's when Quinno and I are available. We had to break up our schedule today to come here for this. Break up what? Break up your happy hour schedule? Yeah, he's late to Brits. <laughs> That's exactly it. He's late How's to Brits. How's it going anyway with the old Scory North? It's been, uh, <laughs> it's been, score, Scory <laughs> North. Scory, Scory North. Well, one thing we are, and just to make it official here, by the way, Minnesota United Games will be back on. Yay, score Minnesota North on with, with Callum. Callum your, will be there. Your Callum Johnson. Your friend Callum, yes. And, uh, and, the, and the crafty rogues are still a part of Score North. Just about part. Well, s- subject to legal standing after this appearance today. There's apparently. some drug testing to be done yet and some cavity checks. But yes, outside of that. I can't wait. I'm excited. Exciting season for the Minnesota United team in their new stadium. They've revealed their new logo. We still get press releases. Sometimes we actually talk about them on air. Yeah. What's so, the, Darky, keep sending them. And we are, what are we now? So, how, it's early March. When's the first home game? Is it April? April 17th. So, April 17th. So, we are, we're that much closer to the new stadium, yes. Allianz Field. 
Can't wait. What are you guys looking forward to? It's going to be brilliant. In? It's going to be absolutely brilliant. It's a very significant season. The honeymoon is over. There will be a honeymoon period because they're in the new stadium. But for Adrian Heath, the manager, the team needs to produce early. Otherwise, conversations will start about Rumblings. the longevity of his tenure. But as we've said time and time again, we think he's a, a really easy guy to cheer for. We want the team to do well, and hopefully they get off to a good start in what will be a fantastic atmosphere at the new digs. Yeah. What's going to be the difference between watching a game in the new place for, versus when I would go to a TCF Bank Stadium and watch a game and felt very, how can I put this, distant from the field of play? Well, they were tenants at TCF Bank Stadium, and, and it served its purpose when they needed it to. This will be their own home. The, the, it'll be a bes- It's bespoke built for them. And so it will have the atmosphere of a proper soccer stadium as opposed to a college football stadium. Okay, what are the traditions we need to start? Now that this is, okay, this is our, we are, we are soccer fans in this community. And we, we need to start some new traditions. What are some, like, five traditions we need to start okay. to make this legit? Uh, well, some of the more traditional elements we have to skip over because then, you know, the police presence will be increased by about 300%. If you want a proper football match, get in there. Let's have it. No, we're not going to have that. We're going to have a nice family atmosphere. Uh, we're going to have to come up with a couple of new chants that are borderline inappropriate, but don't use swear language. Okay. So we're looking for creativity about the size, shape, or marital status of some of the players. Okay, That's always a good place to start. Quino, you've played... In, crowd, in front of crowds similar to the crowd that's going to be at the stadium. What are some of the traditions you've seen as a player that you would like incorporated here in America? Well, as a player, it was like coming into these studios. You just get abused by everybody. But that was more, you know, my nature than my ability. <laughs> I'd like to apologize. It's all right, Judd. I shouldn't have said that. It's okay, I just Judd. didn't think that you'd look like an athlete. It's fine, Judd. I don't anymore. Have you seen the Judd, uh, the Judd basketball athlete challenge? Yeah. No. Okay. Oh, I'm not an a- we'll, athlete myself. No, this is not. We'll even the score when you watch that video after yeah. the second So to story. speak. It's going to be brilliant. The new stadium is going to be brilliant. They already do a very good job of creating an atmosphere as tenants at TCF Bank Stadium. So in Allianz Field, it'll just be, it'll go off like a frog in a sock, as we say at home. I see what you did there. That's good. That's good. That's good. So, now, see, there, there's an example. We, we need more wit. We need more terms. Give me. Go to Brits Pub for any Saturday in the game. You'll see 300 fans there understanding the culture, and hopefully they'll be able to bring a little bit of that into America. Give me the cleanest cheer that you can, that you have found as a soccer fan to be the most creative. Okay. Are you ready? I'm staying out of this. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's clean. Who ate all the pies? Who ate all the pies? You fat, you fat, you ate all the pies. So there was a word in there that, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's mildly, but I'm not the one to risk. Fine. The Crafty Rogues wants to make a hundred, another 128 episodes. We <laughs> want to have even more special guests coming on our show whose names we'll remember. And so I'm just going to peel it back. See, the, I think the most creative chanting of any of the, the sports fan bases in this town that I've ever been a part of, I don't, it's not like this anymore, but Gophers Hockey had a stretch there for probably 10 years. Where I, and I remember as a student, I'd be sitting in the student section, and we would have flyers going around, handouts nice. that like cheat sheets that told you when each chant was supposed to start, detailed information about the family members of the opposing goalie when he was standing in front of you, and you would just go down the line. And some of these things were very much not safe for the radio, but I think I think we could rise to go for though. hockey level. I like that. And, the, know, so here's the some, thing: like, knife twist. That you know, a hockey fan is a little different to a football slash soccer fan. The traditional, we call them hot pockets. 
the the collective group of all the little fan groups that are go to a Minnesota United game. You got the the Mill City heads, the True Elite North headers, uh, all these groups. Collectively, they're called the Hot Pockets, and they're called the Hot Pockets because that's what they live on when they're not going to the game gotcha. in their mother's basement, washed down with a nice can of dead Mountain Dew while they're coding at one hundred and fifty dollars an hour. I'm pretty sure Jonathan had that for lunch, actually, <laughs> ham and cheese. So, so as we're as we're building the culture of Minnesota United, let's remember the collective word for all those fans is hot pockets. It's very original. We could spawn. We could get a sponsor with that. By the way, Crafty Rogue still looking for sponsors. They won't let's touch us. Let's start, we'll start with lean pockets and go yeah. over there. <laughs> Except for our good friends at Brits Pub. What uh, What do oh. our listeners need to know? About? What are the headlines going around the uh, the EPL these days? What's happening it's, right now? It's come down to a two horse race, right, Quino? Yeah, everyone thought Manchester City were going to run away with it this year. Liverpool are providing a genuine competition for the Premier League title. In fact, they are leading at this stage of the season. Uh, and it could go down to the wire. It's been great fun. The relegation battle appears to be drifting down to three or four teams, but uh, Liverpool and Man City will go down to the wire for the And a very unfortunate incident this past week where a Cardiff who were in the Premier League signed a player from a club in France, and as he was flying in the in the plane to sign up, for, he had already signed to join the team, the plane has disappeared and they haven't found any wreckage. So they just spent $20 million on a new player and he's disappeared. Hmm. So that was a little sad this week and a little unusual. Earlier in the season, the owner of one of the teams, Leicester City, yeah. who won the league. Helicopter. Helicopter just went up in flames. So yeah. maybe players and management and footballers need to stay away. There's a famous Boy. Dutch footballer, Dennis Bergkamp, who refuses to get on an airplane. Maybe they need to adopt that, so, that so, policy. Wait, so do you get your money back if they can't We don't the know. Plane? It's all it's all tricky in insurance and nobody wants to really talk well, about it right it. now. But of course, him. you're American. You're going to bring up all the insensitive well, there's no right salary right. cap, so they and technically you're not, you know, as long as... But you're not going to pay the family. I mean, uh, if the guy's dead, he's dead. He's just, wow. Out wow. of luck. He's not even cold yet. And Man, oh, I'm just thinking run. from a, a lawyer standpoint, if you're dead, you, you can't help my team. Well, welcome to Score anybody. North, where we're as cold as the weather outside. Okay, who, who's in trouble? The, the three or four teams. Who's going to be out? Uh, Huddersfield look like they're gone for all money. They have separated from the pack. Cardiff and Fulham are the two teams with them. Uh, with Newcastle and a couple of others bubbling above Burnley those. safe? Burnley look reasonably safe. They've okay. had a bit of form over the past month. So the boys at the pub are very happy. Hey, we actually know what... Jonathan reminded us yesterday that we should ask you this, because we've spent the whole week, and really the whole month, going back and forth with Twins fans. The Twins, and there's no salary cap in Major League Baseball, but the Twins spent $130 million as a mid-ish market team on players last year. And they're only around 95 or or $100 million this year. And fans want to know, why aren't you spending as much money as you were last year? And it's been a big topic. With some of the, So once you get outside the top seven teams, the, the, the Liverpools and yeah. the Man U's and the Man Cities, those teams that are sort of in the middle, maybe they're not fully in danger of relegation, but is there payroll outrage in soccer? Does yes. this happen? We're like not yet. Not yet. You fan bases get really mad if ownership doesn't spend, if it's Leicester City, for instance. It's it's an evolving culture. So they talk a lot about in the culture about how much money a player makes per week. For example, Alexis Sanchez played for Man United today. He hasn't been great. He's getting paid three hundred thousand pounds a week. So because 
in the old days, you know, you got a weekly wage. So you would compare, well, this tosser's getting 300 grand a week and I'm making 100 bucks a week. He should be doing better and he should be playing better for the team. So there's more of that cultural uh, observation of what the player's making than there used to be. Because there is now so much money coming into the game, NBC paid a billion dollars to the EPL to cover it over the next four years. All that money is now going in towards buying the best players. So outside the top six, as you mentioned, those average teams, Everton, Watford, Leicester, they're having to compete. And it's not on how many people come in to watch the game. It's on that TV money. And players are getting all the benefits. To be honest, I don't think any sport, whether there's a salary cap or a draft or whatever, I don't think there's too much fan outrage at high prices and premiums for excellence. I think outrageous prices for mediocrity are what drives fan nuts. If a guy's batting 220 and making $15 million a year, that's a problem. But the guy that's batting 330 and putting bums on seats, then you, you see return on the investment. I think the high price of mediocrity is the issue. Yeah, that's fair. That's pretty much what the Twins have been for 10 years. Well, I'm, I was mediocrity. If, if that. <laughs> so, the twi- so the Twins aren't going to do anything this year either? Well, no, they're so the... Uh, they are, in fact, that's a good tease for what Judd and I are going to Judd cornered Derek Falvey for mm-hmm. a good 30 minutes today at the Twins. Maybe it was an hour. How'd that, how'd that go? Chained him up. Him Did you tell him he was an talk- athlete? No, oh. most definitely not. Good man. I just asked some questions about payroll and things like that and then griped about the sport. But he was very good about it. He put up with me. At one point, Joe was laying down on the therapy couch, and Derek. I said, was "I got to talk about the sport." I said, "I can't yeah. take this. God, please, somebody sign somebody." Is there a luxury tax in baseball? There yes. is that. So there's no salary cap, yeah. but there is a luxury tax. So the, the Chicago Cubs, for instance, are the the fans want them to spend above and beyond the luxury tax, and the ownership group is like, eh, we, we got a World Series a couple." And of the years Yankees ago. are e- even are even against that at this point. Teams are teams are very much trying to use the luxury tax as a salary cap. Okay. So it's, it's it's kind of a soft cap. Yes. It's a soft cap. Yeah, it's a concept cap. Yes, it's it's <laughs> like a, I like that concept cap. Sounds like a band from the eighties. It does. It sounds like a, you know they like need to build a wall. Or something. They need to build a wall, and so they'll shut everything down for thirty five days, and then go back to what they originally did. Sure. Yeah. He's he's gonna mean right. Maggie Thatcher is gonna get mentioned in the next nine seconds. <laughs> go Brexit. Hey, if pe- no, <laughs> I beg you, don't bring that up. Hey, if people want more of John Cosgrove and Stephen Quinn, or if they want to know where to avoid you guys where is your podcast we are uh the crafty we're on the score north uh roll call i guess is that what you call north.com s-k-o-r yeah you can look for us there it's a little beautiful logo that we spend a lot of money on the crafty rogues we're at brits every week almost uh deliberately on wednesday nights at 7 30 uh depending on how early jonathan and i can get there we moved it half an hour to accommodate jonathan and i still show up late but we'll be there and we're available for pints and chat afterwards see the thing is the, the gentleman who produces this program produces our program so that's what john's on about when he mentions jonathan just to give it some context. So John the talent is sitting over there shaking his head for 15 minutes. The right? talent, the <laughs> talent gentleman, is gentlemen, great. I've never heard you refer to as a gentleman before, John. And then, you know, we've got our Facebook page and we've got our Twitter and we've got Instagram. We've got pictures with people like Callum. Oh, wait, we didn't take his picture. Sorry, Callum. But he did tweet about us and we got two new followers. Callum, we'll, we'll Photoshop you into the next There we one. go. All right. Thanks, guys. It's the Crafty Rogues, right. Mackie and Judd with Rami. Well, without Rami today. And when we come back, let's get... Judd did talk to Derek Falvey for a while today. Let's, uh, let's, let's dive into what we learned from the Twins' luncheon this afternoon. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. It's always fun having our guys 
people probably tune in and they're like, what the hell? What is this? Those guys is it an are, Australian? Awesome. Is it a Northern Irishman? No, they're great. It's the Crafty Rogues. It's our buddies. You can find the Crafty Rogues podcast on, well, anywhere you find podcasts, but scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com is a good place to start. And Jonathan's a part of that for the last couple of years. So uh, Judd and I were both at the Minnesota Twins annual media luncheon today where they announced, we'll, we'll talk about this later in the show too, write that down, predictions coming up in about 15 minutes, but uh, Joe Nathan announced as the newest Twins Hall of Fame member and former team president Jerry Bell, but Thad Levine, Derek Falvey, Dave St. Peter, all very much available to answer questions from the media, and uh, you and Derek had an act, like, well, you guys must have talked for like, 20 minutes you were talking with him for <laughs> yeah it was quite, quite a while time. It was so quite what, a while i'm sure he's thrilled what did uh let's start with your main takeaways from the luncheon and the conversation with falvey and uh, i have a few takeaways too sure. for my conversations sure so i asked him the question since uh dave st peter the president of the team told us a couple days ago on the air essentially that derek and thad are very much the ones making the calls on payroll i asked derek about that i said okay so it's not them it's you and he basically, he, I don't want to say he doesn't care what fans think because that that would be uh, too flippant. But he is very much in tune with how he sees fit to build this team. And just because Jim Polad and Terry Ryan were at one time just perceived as being cheap, right or wrong, uh, Falvey's not going to now take the torch and be like, I got to spend to make people happy because that's the perception that we don't spend enough. He's very He is very comfortable with basically taking a slow approach. And it goes back to, to what we talked about quite a bit on the show yesterday, which is he does not know if this team is going to be set to pop in 2019. And I think he didn't say this, and he wouldn't, but I think his guess is the answer is probably no. The answer is guys could certainly progress and have better years, which he expects the young core to do. But I don't think he thinks they're going to be fantastic yet. And because I eventually asked him, I said, okay, so will the day come around, if this is on you and Thad, will there be a day when you say it's time? You know, we can go sign player X, Y, or Z, and it's going to cost a lot here, but it's time to spend. And he said, absolutely. Now fans are going to come back and say, oh, that's BS. He's lying to you. And I don't I don't think he was. I don't know. But, yeah. the, but the point is, he does not perceive this franchise to be at a point yet where it makes sense to go out and may and try and make an enormous splash on a long-term contract. And we talked about that too. You know, the problem is, and this could change, it might not change, but the problem is this. You can't go get if fans say Kimbrel should be the Twins closer, which he certainly could be. They could afford him. But you know, go sign Kimbrel right now. I think if Derek Falvey could turn around and sign Kimbrel tomorrow for 3 years and a lot of cash, he would. Problem is they want probably 6 to 8 years. Bryce Harper probably wants 10-plus years. And so this does come around to, if you're going to make the decision to make that splash, you better be right, because if you're completely wrong and and the team is not set to take off yet, then you're stuck with a contract, and eventually at some point a descending player who you probably can't move. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, I guess I'm... I, I'm so sick of the payroll conversation. So today, this is probably the last segment we do on this for at least the foreseeable future. Um, but he knows. He he knows that fans are ticked. And I think his stance is it's worth it to him to try and build this team as he sees fit, as opposed to saying the perception of the Twins for a long time has been that they are simply a bunch of cheap SOBs. Yeah. And therefore, I'm just going to spend to prove to people that I'm not cheap 
if that if that was his philosophy, I think it would totally go against what he told the Twins when, when he got hired here, which is, I've got a plan on how th- this is going to build, and it's basically going to start with this young, pretty good core, potentially, of players developing. Yeah, and where, where those guys are in just a different type of a spot is they're carrying the baggage of previous Twins front offices that didn't, for different reasons, didn't spend money in situations where you wanted them to or didn't make the big trade in situations where you wanted them to. So they've only been here for two years. It didn't make sense to the last, for me anyway, the last two years, it didn't make a ton of sense to pull a big trade at the deadline when you were below 500 or, you know, when you were just kind of a middling team. Um, And so until they actually pull the trigger on a meaningful free agent, multi-year deal or a meaningful trade in July, there's going to be skeptics that just base their skepticism off previous Twins regimes. Understandable? Not really fair? These guys made a nine-figure offer to you, Darvish? And he brought that, that up. Without saying the name, he said it was out there very publicly that we were trying a year ago. We didn't get there. Yeah. But yeah, so there's, there is, I think there is an internal belief and confidence that if the time and when the time is right, they certainly would do that. It's just not the time right yeah. now in their minds. Yeah. So the, a couple other nuggets too. I was, was talking to our guy, Dan Hayes from The Athletic. So Dan, and the story is out. If you uh, subscribe to The Athletic, there's theathletic.com, I think slash twins. And he went down to Georgia and hung out with Byron Buxton for a night and just talked to Byron about, this, the upcoming season and his off season. So two nuggets out of that, that Dan uncovered Byron Buxton has gained 21 pounds of muscle mass, mm-hmm. upper body bulk and hasn't gained any body fat. So it's not like he gained 20 pounds of beer gut, which yeah, is what just comes us in the off season. I'm really slow now. Yeah. Hey Rocco, I'm slow. It's 21 pounds of muscle. And I, I that's great, but can you lay off a yeah, slider? Say, right? Can you hit? Yes. Yeah. Uh, that was so. That was kind of my retort to Dan. I was like, "Okay, but how does that help him hit?" And and the other nugget that Dan told me was, Byron has been hitting against live pitching since October. Okay, so he's he has spent he has he's not playing in the Dominican Winter League or anything like that, but he is he has been facing pitching since October. And ordinarily he wouldn't start doing that until maybe like December, probably January. Most hitters put the bat down for a couple months. So interesting. It's it's good to hear that he's not just sitting around all off season, right? But can he still hit? Yeah, that's the question. Doesn't have to hit a lot either. I did ask, I did ask Falvey. I said, okay, as an old school baseball fan, what's next? I said openers a year ago. I never would have thought, hey, you know what would be really cool if the Tampa Bay Rays start something where a guy pitches, you know, to uh, to start the game, but then comes up. Yeah, and I said, do you guys actually like? brainstorm about this stuff? Like, are you trying to be first? Are you trying to come up with... And he said, not really. He said, we talk about lots of different things. He said, and I guess there's a team or two doing this now with prospects. He said, though, what could be coming down the pike is how you use bench players. And and most importantly, if you could have a guy who could pitch and play in the field. So he's playing left field. He comes in to pitch. He goes back out. But he's a multi-skilled player. So so the first step in instead of saying, this guy can pitch, this guy can hit, but he can't play. the, Instead of saying that, to come to a uh, point where you have hmm. X amount of position flexibility players. So if I'm a left-handed pitcher, but I'm playing in the outfield, you can bring me in for a matchup, but then I go back out there. 
I like that stuff. That's the type of stuff. Because I'm like, do you guys just like think of this stuff? And he, he said the opener Did he had offer been, that up to you. He he offered the pitching and playing the field up to me. But my question was a year ago, the opener concept, I would have never said to you, oh, I think this sounds cool. He did say that it's not new. Like Tampa Bay was the first to use it, but it had been thrown around. Like it was known. Okay, but no one had. But, but no, no one, one had, had the done stones it. to right. do it in the game. Right, because I said it's no new. One, no one had the Roger Stones to do it in the game. <laughs> Correct. So, but I just think it's <laughs> it's interesting the path that baseball is going down with all of these sort of just different, and they're not huge things, but they're they're definite philosophical shifts from what old school baseball fans are used to. Yeah, I love it every time something like that, and whether whether the opener is a fad or not. I love it when teams like the Rays and even the Twins, the Twins are much closer to the Rays than they are the Yankees in terms of how they have to go about winning. I love when something like this happens, a new fad takes place, and old baseball, crotchety baseball guys get super mad and tell you, I was in the press box one day, I, I whatever, Jack Morris, I'll just say his name. I love Jack Morris, by the way. Yeah, Jack but like Mor- Jack yeah. Morris and an and a old crusty scout, were just ripping the openers. It was more the scout. It was a scout from a different team yep. and uh, not a twin scout. And Jack was just kind of needling. And this this old crusty scout was, what was wrong with pitchers who went seven innings? And what? Ha- yeah. now they screwed this guy up. By, by the end of the year, the Rays, if you look at their record in games in which they used an opener, and if you look at the success they had, it was, maybe it, maybe it was a one-year anomaly, but it was a legit strategy. And people want to know, okay, well, why like it doesn't make sense why wouldn't you just start with your starting pitcher and there's two or three different reasons but if you can get if you can go one inning fireball pitcher in the first inning like your eighth inning guy in the first inning mm-hmm. and his ERA on the season is 2 2 and a half when he comes into a game for one inning and put that in the first inning not only do you get a great first inning over the long run but you also get your starting pitcher off the hook facing Potentially the, the the opposing team's two best hitters, the number one and either number two or number three hitters, yeah. a third time. Yes. So the first time he faces those guys will be in like the third inning, and then the second time will be in like the fifth or sixth inning, and yes. then by the time you're out of the game, you've only faced them twice. They don't get to tee off on you, their best hitters, in the fifth or sixth innings. And that, that way you, you can also, if you, let's say, incorporate that idea with your third starter... It doesn't have to be if the less you have to rely on your starting pitcher being great, the better, right? So if you do that with your three, four, or five guy. Now I did tell Derek this, and and this is my concern. I said my concern about your sport is very simple. As a kid, it was my favorite sport without a doubt, and I'm not Mr. Basketball now, but the NBA, hockey, and football—they're on the field. Ice or court products have never been better. Yeah, the NBA is fun to watch. Yeah, hockey is as fast as it can possibly be. Football offense, right? I said my concern about your sport is I can't say that about your sport on the field. The product is not that engaging. It's got moments. It's still good. Did he agree? Um, he didn't really agree, but he he knew where I was going with that. And I said that's my biggest thing is you need to find ways to make your on the field product better and more compelling. And fun to watch, and probably shorter as well. But I don't think in my lifetime, hockey, football, and basketball have ever been at a better state professionally. You know, in the 90s, basketball was damn near unwatchable times. The hand checking, the fouling, hockey. 
the neutral zone trap, darn near killed it. Yeah, there are a lot of people that would say, well, basketball is just just devolved into two different types of shots. It's three but who doesn't say and that? Layups and kids don't, and they're the important ones. Yeah, ba- well, and so, it's fun to watch. Yeah, basketball has never been more popular, period, in this country's history than it has been the last five years, and that. That even applies to the Michael Jordan era. And I get that the TV ratings were higher in the Michael Jordan era, but there was also not these other ways to consume. The product was not as good, though. Correct. Michael Jordan was as good. Right, right. But if, if you go watch those, so if you pick an arbitrary 1996 game, let's pick the Knicks and Pacers. Yeah. And and they were good at the time, and rivals, the game could stink. Yeah. The product could, could stink. The product of those three sports, and they're all flawed in some way, but the product that you actually turn on the TV and watch is off the charts good. Yep. I think. So you can, uh, did you post your Q&A yet? Not yet. It, okay. I'm transcribing it still. So I'm just about done. Sometime Old soon, uh, probably before the day's over, Judd will have a Q&A with Derek Falvey on the all-new scorenorth.com, S-K-O-R-North.com, Score North on 1500, and all over the internet and YouTube and Twitter. You can find us at Score North on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. We've never done anything on Twitch, but What's we're going to go- about? What's Twitch about? Twitch is like a younger version of YouTube. Okay. It's like we're, it's like, I we're, gotcha. it's mostly for gaming, but I've watched a lot of live events. So I'm a big World Series of Poker geek and I watched the World Series of Poker stream live on ESPN's Twitch channel last summer. Remember that conversation we had with Patrick yesterday about uh, the NBA and their E League? That's where they broadcast essentially is. On oh, okay. You broadcast cool. yourself playing video games on Twitch. Comes full circle. And right. when we come back, we're going to broadcast ourselves making predictions. And well, holding each other accountable. They'll see you. They won't That's true. see me. We'll get away. You know what, though? You're not not for long. We, we've we got some ideas to oh? put some cameras in that room, too. Are you sure you want that? I don't know. We'll see. I'm not sure I want that. <laughs> Maybe it'll be blurred out or something. Uh, but write that down when we come back live on everything. Live on the radio, live on the audio stream at scorenorth.com, and also live on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch when we come back. But let's talk about the best car dealership and service department in the Twin Cities for a brief moment. That would be Luther Brookdale Toyota. It's on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. And one of the things I like to do from time to time is go through the pre-owned inventory, some of the the available pre-owned vehicles on LutherBrookdaleToyota.com and just see uh, kind of what's, you know, kind of deals do they have going on because there's there's so many hidden gem used cars that are still maybe 10 years running into the future. So how about this? This is a 2017 Toyota Yaris uh, going for just $11,999. It's got 43,000 miles on it. I see a 2016 Camry LE version for $12,899. And that thing only has 46,000 miles on it. I mean, you can find some steals of deals on LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Just search the pre-owned vehicle section and... uh, Find out what I'm talking about.